0: or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com tapiphone tap Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot,
1: Welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. This week, we're talking to Ross Mandel, who's the CEO of Verify It Now. Ross, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, it's a real pleasure. And, you know, what your company is doing is very much in line with our area of interest and the way it's evolving. I think uh, two years ago, we were completely focused on location-based services. And of course, that's still very interesting. But Really, where uh, my interest is evolving, and it's obviously something to do with the company I work for now, is thing-based uh, applications where people and products uh, are being connected using the same technology we were using for, for for location-based technology, but obviously it's it's evolved. So, tell us a bit about what Verify It
2: now does in this space. Well, verify it now, and I'll, I'll kind of go through a history of how we got to where we are today. But uh, my background is I'm a venture capitalist. I had a marketing company for years, and uh, I decided about five years ago, five and a half years ago, I would venture out and visit some friends and see what opportunities were out in the marketplace. So I was visiting with a golf club manufacturer, and I love golf, and I love golf equipment, and everything about golf, and. I was asking what their pain points were, what their problems were, and thinking it was golf club design, thinking it was golf balls, golf courses, players, but their main pain point at that point were counterfeit golf clubs. And I thought, who cares about counterfeit golf clubs or golf equipment? It's not that important. They said, it absolutely is critically important. I said, why is it critically important? And they said, for a number of reasons. Uh, reason number one, we've got a strong brand in the market, we've been around for almost 50 years. and we really like to preserve our brand is someone buys a counterfeit golf club with our name on, it looks the same, it smells the same, it doesn't play the same. So if they use our golf equipment, it doesn't work properly. They'll never go back to our golf equipment. That's the first part of it. The second part of it is if they send in a piece of a golf equipment that's counterfeit, uh, that's under warranty, they believe, and it turns out it shows up in our facilities and we go to fix it, we figure out that it's counterfeit, We sent him a note back that says you've purchased counterfeit equipment, please go back and let us know where you purchased this equipment so we can control this issue, but we can't repair your equipment. So now the consumer is in the middle of something he didn't want to be in, and so it's a disappointment for him. And then the third reason is counterfeits fund bad guys. And we didn't realize this until Michigan State University did a study about three years ago. On focusing on counterfeits and where the economics are and it's a highly profitable business for bad guys whether they're terrorists or just general bad guys mm-hmm. so the golf club manufacturer did more participate in this but I thought well this is an isolated incident with the golf club manufacturer I called three or four other golf club manufacturers met with them they told me they all had the exact same problems so I thought maybe there's a business to be made out of this did more research found out it's a $1.7 trillion business. It's not just sporting equipment, it's not just luxury goods, it's health and safety issues also. Cosmetics that have bad stuff in it, cause medical problems, an airplane disaster, Charles de Gaulle, uh, with Air France years ago was caused with a fake airplane part, fell off a plane just before and lodged into the gas tanks and killed over 100 people. So there's all kinds of issues related to counterfeits And I thought, well, that's a really interesting business. What can we do to solve the problem? So I called some of my best inventors and best scientists and best technologists and said, let's get together, figure out what kind of solution we can put together. So we came up with a solution where we tag items. And we started with Near Field Communication NFC. And we would tag items and then we could determine Their authenticity, we could determine when it was manufactured, where it was manufactured, if it was outsourced for a manufacturer who actually did the manufacturing of the item, was it authorized. And then there's some marketing aspects as well. The second part of it is also, as I say, health and safety related. So does it cause injury to people? And we thought that was important. So we really had to find the traceability or as in pharmacy, they say serialization of that product. And when that product serialized, they can trace it from the birth to the death of the product. Mm -hmm. And so that was important. So what we did is we started out with brand protection and we developed some products in that suite. We have about 15 patents that cover that area. And then we moved into asset tracking. And asset tracking is special, but fact of the matter, there's many companies that do asset tracking. We want to take it to the next level. So we also do lost and found. So now we can not only find an, an item, we can trace it from its birth to its death and trace and find where it's at. And we're using various technologies, including Google's nearby technology that allows any Android phone to literally be a receiver without an app. So that's kind
1: of our genesis. Wow. Well, you, you covered a lot of things there, and uh, you make a very compelling case for why for the anti-counterfeit. It's really widespread. I know it's huge in medicine as well, and, and lives are being lost because people think they're taking medicine to cure life-threatening illnesses, and it's not the real thing. I heard horrible statistics in Asia that a large proportion of medicines are, are, are not the real thing. So it seems like there's some real benefits uh, to to solve the problem. Um, you talked about the initial approach with NFC, and I want to go into that. But before we get there, just give us a sense of how long your company has been going and, and where you're at, both in terms of creating the products and uh, engaging with customers.
2: Yeah, and the company's been around almost five years. Uh, our patents were granted about two and a half years ago, give or take. They started, and there's still a few patents outstanding waiting to be granted. Mm-hmm. And from a business standpoint, we've worked with about a dozen different companies. We can't disclose who they are. And they're in the luxury goods, electronics, sporting goods. And we work with them to protect their brands. And right now we're doing it on a covert basis. We have not got the consumer involved. The next step is to get the consumer involved and now with new technology such as Bluetooth and Bluetooth get shrinking in size and gaining in ability. Bluetooth suddenly allows us to do things we couldn't do in the past. NFC has a read range of less than two inches. Mm-hmm. So that has certain security protocols associated with it. But at the same time, we believe Bluetooth is the future of our business and Bluetooth associated things will help grow our business. So
1: um, uh, most of what you've been doing so far, then, is—is is, is it all with NFC, or are you using other technologies today? Are you we're using, using
2: we're using NFC and we're using Bluetooth. Those are the two, okay, the items we're using. Yeah,
1: and um, so presumably you're using other people's uh, chips um, there. Um, and uh, what is how do you make sure that the chip can't be kind of faked? Uh, so it's NFC, and so uh, this product has this ability to talk to a phone when it's, it's tapped. H- how do you make sure that this is, uh, um, uh, someone else isn't just going to put an NFC tag on there?
2: Well, and, and we have encryption built into our tags. Okay. So, so everything's encrypted. And then with Bluetooth, we use ephemeral ID to, to help that as well. But again, we use encryption. A lot of our scientists uh, that are on our team uh, came from a cryptography background. So we've used various lightweight cryptos. So if you're going to put an NFC
1: tag, it's actually in. uh, Can you kind of describe an example? You don't need to have to name names. But how does it's not just a sticker that's on, on the side. It's actually built into the product, is it?
2: Well, the product is immersed, or the tag is immersed into the product. For example: If you look at a golf club, yeah. you'll see decals, which are labels on golf clubs. Okay. And underneath the labels or underneath the decals, we've submerged various NFC tags.
1: Okay. And I guess NFC is pretty good with metallic surfaces, so there's no problem with that on the uh, uh, on the shaft of uh, of the club. So I can see why that would make sense. So why would you um an nfc so nfc seems perf- perfectly serviceable what's the advantage or
2: why would you even consider going to bluetooth well the the disadvantage to bluetooth when we started was it, it's an active tag the batteries didn't last long they needed replacing yes. and quite frankly they were too big right and now with the new Bluetooth tags being developed, the yeah. size is smaller, the batteries last longer, yeah. so we're embedding Bluetooth in musical instruments as we speak. And those musical instruments, uh, again, we've optimized the tags, so they will last five to six years without replacement. And um, can go back to the manufacturer and replace those tags.
1: So you cited range as one of the advantages of Bluetooth, so what's the user experience for this, I buy a musical instrument that has a Bluetooth radio in it, uh, which may be kind of surprising to to, to people. Uh, how, how does that work? They presumably, it um, uh, sounds like, because you mentioned it's physical web, um, do, do they have to have an app? Is there an app?
2: Well, uh, again, going back to Bluetooth, it's tied to the nearby system from Google. So if something's reported lost, that allows an alert to pop up on the nearest Android phone. Mm-hmm. And somebody obviously has to opt in to allow that to happen currently because of privacy issues. And going back to the app, uh, we're soon going to we've have an app labeled Gear Secure Music. Gear Secure Music, uh, when you buy a musical instrument, and we're producing millions of musical instruments now with this product, when you buy an instrument, you download the app. You register the product itself. And so now all of a sudden you can trace your product.
1: Okay. Um, What about the impact on the manufacturing process? Uh, Because, I mean, logically it makes sense. But if you're making thousands and thousands of musical instruments, presumably they're being made in uh, all sorts of different places. how, How do you make sure that the tags get in there and that your system understands what instrument has got what tag in, that whole provisioning thing must be complicated.
2: And to to give you an example of that, uh, we're working with a manufacturer that actually is outsourced to Vietnam Mm -hmm. and we've had some language difficulties, but we've made it so simple that when the product is manufactured, a tag is embedded and commissioned. When it's commissioned, it goes on the manufacturer's system as an existing product or a new product. So we just Built it into their process
1: okay cool well very good um that's uh, uh, um a, a nice line of business there but it goes beyond um anti-counterfeit how does the lost and found uh piece work can you expand a bit on you know what the experience is so i bought my um guitar and i left it on uh, i left it in a in a nightclub or or cafe or on the subway train. um, How do I get it back?
2: Yeah, and going back to the guitar as an example, we found there's two different segments of the market. One is somebody goes and plays a gig and they take 10 different pieces with them, whether it's a microphone, a guitar, a drum, multiple guitars, and for whatever reason they leave it behind. Mm -hmm. And maybe they had too many pints of beer that night, but they disappear. So what they can do is they can report it lost, And then again, the nearest Android phone typically will pick it up. And when the Android phone alerts that a lost item has been found, they'll say, yeah, it's at that gig that I played last night. So that's one example. The other example is something got stolen. So somebody broke into my apartment or my home. They stole two guitars. And again, I reported lost. So now we have every Android phone as part of our community out searching for those instruments. When the instrument shows up within a range, uh, Bluetooth range of an Android phone, it pops up and says there's an item that's been reported lost or stolen. Can you report it to its owner? You click yes. When you click yes, it tells the owner that's sitting at Broadway and uh, 23rd Street in New York. What
1: about uh, the iPhone uh, issue? Um, physical web built into Android, uh, not, not so with uh, iOS, was that Obviously, that wasn't a showstopper for your client. Can you explain why that's uh, that wasn't something that derailed it? Well, the, the issue with
2: the iPhones and with Apple, Apple will do things on their own time schedule. I can't force Apple to do anything. Nobody else can force Apple to do anything. And the majority of phones in the marketplace, whether it's in the US, whether it's in India, whether it's in China or Android, mm-hmm. I hear numbers. I hear different numbers anywhere from 70 to 80% of the market's Android phones. In the US, anywhere from 65 to 75% are Android for phone, Android phones. So those are our receivers. So we can overcome the Apple issues. Uh, now, if you're an Apple user, you have the app running, then it works just fine. But if you don't have the app running, Android's still out there searching for your product.
1: Yeah, it's those deep hooks into the operating system that make this such a great opportunity and the fact that people don't have to do anything. Very good. Well, uh, thanks very much, Ross. Is there uh, anything else that I should have asked you about you want to say?
2: Well, I, I think the important thing in the future and to let you know is brand protection. The issue we had with brand protection when we originally developed it is there were budgets to find counterfeiters, but there weren't budgets to support brand protection. So manufacturers suddenly realize the value of supporting brand protection, protecting their brand, so they're starting to spend money in that area. Mm -hmm. It's not expensive per unit to protect your brand, but it is becoming critical, so we see more and more of that, and we're encouraging manufacturers to put together budgets for brand protection, and that can help uh, be supported with legal dollars from their company as well as marketing dollars.
1: Very good. Well... Ross Mandel, CEO of Verify It Now, thanks very much for spending some time with us. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. Let's pretend we're on a mission to Mars. What are the three songs that you would
2: take with you? Yeah, I I spent a lot of time thinking about that. And three songs I would take, one is self-evident, one is space oddity. That's by David Bowie. I'm a big fan of David Bowie had been for years, and it certainly seems to fit the mood. Quite honestly, I never get tired of hearing the song. Yeah, it's fantastic. Did you ever see him live? I unfortunately did not see him live. Yeah. I wish I would have, and he's one that passed too soon. and
1: I know I know. I, I, I saw him once in Portland, Oregon, and it was completely not what I was expecting. I expected him to be very self-absorbed and pretentious but talented, and it turns out he is talented, but he was incredibly warm, informal, chatty. It was just amazing. It was one of the best concerts I've ever been to, actually. Sorry to rub that in, but uh, that's one of
2: my favorite tracks too. Okay, so... And and also when you think of David Bowie, you think about the future. Yes. I mean, David Bowie certainly was ahead of his time. He was ahead of his time, the way he thought, the way he presented and so that's part of it as well the second song i think about is one that's i'm not afraid or not afraid and it's by Eminem. and certainly doesn't fit my profile but i like what the song says it talks about venturing forward and doing it without fear and in my role in my business i have to not worry about certain things and so that's my second song third song is very sentimental to me And it's an Elton John song, it's Funeral for a Friend. And the song is about 11 minutes because I want a long track because I'm on the way to Mars. That was the first concert I ever attended.
0: 1976,
2: his first tour. And it was just a very special moment. I just reached adulthood when I went to that concert and my parents were very reluctant to let me go to my first concert with a friend. And it turned out to be a great experience and very Uh memorable.
1: How amazing having that as your first concert. Where where were you? Where was the concert? It was in Detroit, Michigan. All right. So this was yeah, back in the early days. So this was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road or Captain Fantastic kind of era?
2: Yeah, it was from Yellow Brick Road and it was in I think about 1976.
1: Oh, I'm so jealous. Very good. Well, thanks so much for sharing that with us.